Right. I want to be vaporized. Like, if this bomb's dropped, I don't even know I'm dead. I'm and, the last guy to find out I'm and, dead. And that's that's me in this case. If it was dropped yeah, in Vancouver, pretty, probably, maybe. Yeah. It depends on how accurately it's dropped. Yeah, and also, like, I am not a nuclear scientist or a nuclear military person. So I just picked a bomb. I don't even know. You can pick from – I don't know what any of the bombs – they're like, pick from one of our handy-dandy bombs. And I was like, that one has a cool name. You know, they all have neat yeah. names. So this could all, you know, who knows? This is all very hypothetical. I'm just hoping they don't even drop one on Vancouver at all. Well, no, definitely, clearly not. But when <laughs> I found out that there was this website that was crashing because so many people around the world are curious, I was like, well, I got to check it out. So then I put in Vancouver and I was like, oh, can you just drag it? You could drop the bomb. I just picked downtown Vancouver. Maybe they want to blow up Surrey. Maybe they want to blow up who knows what. Yeah, or maybe they miss and drop it on Squamish. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be a pretty big miss. But yeah, who but, knows? You know, what we'll who drop. knows? See, like, Squamish would be fine. Right? We, yeah. We would be emotionally not be fine. No. But you wouldn't be vaporized. There'd easily. be lots of ways in which that we would not be okay with that. Uh, the point is, it is so popular, it's crashing the website. Yeah. And, and it was I, the website was made 12 years ago. And I find this very interesting just because I, I personally do not feel tempted to go and look up this information. You don't want to know? I don't want to know because I feel like if that's going to happen, well, fuck. Yeah. You know, like we're well, all fucked fuck. anyway. So I don't need to I don't need to have my mind go and spend time in that space before something like that happens. Like to me, that's just not good you're for just, my mental you're not, health. You're, you're not a prepper. No, because I feel like if a nuclear bomb drops on us, we're all fucked anyway. And no, no, I told you I'm going to live. It, there's no prep you can do for it, though. That's what I mean. Like, if, if you're yeah, going to actually... Yeah, that's true. If they drop a bomb gonna, on you, there's nothing you no, can do. No, <laughs> right? So it's like you either go there and you're like, oh, well, looking at all this information, I think we should move to Hope. And then you fucking sell your house and move to Hope. Like, okay, For fine. something that will probably not happen. For something that will probably not happen. Yeah, yeah. So what's the point, really, at the end of the day? Just curiosity. Right? Morbid curiosity. Also, uh, you know, the guy who made the website, he made it because we hear about nuclear bombs all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they're destructive. So he's showing you just how, how destructive. destructive. Like, yeah. like it's like, oh, bombs will fall in the city. I'm going to duck. He's like, no, there's no ducking for many kilometers around. Yeah. You. Like no. you can't even duck. Like Which, everything's vaporized. You know, and thank you for making that and he website just it, because that's information yeah. and that's interesting. And but he's I a don't... historian and a, and a nuclear weapons specialist. He was like yeah. a professor and he just made it 12 years ago. And, the yeah. we- and it's just lived on the Internet. Yeah, and, which and you know, hey, cool to make a scientific thing. Then you can go and look at the specifics. But I don't need a scientist to tell me that if a nuclear bomb is dropped on our general vicinity, that we're all totally fucked. Like yeah. I just know that intrinsically. Oh yeah, yeah. once and, nuclear you know, bombs start falling, the world yeah, is fucked. Exactly. Once one falls, I just, then it's game on. Yeah. You so would, I would imagine. Yeah. So I'm like, anyway, you know, they won't pick Vancouver. You know, pick a different town. <laughs> It's such a lovely day out. Have we talked about how beautiful the sun, the sun is today? It's so nice. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, to me, the story is more about the general anxiety of the world. Yes, absolutely. That it's like people, I haven't thought about a nuclear attack really ever in my life. No. I was too young during the Cold War to, it, that, it was, that was too far to think about. And I remember my parents describing that, though, because my yeah. parents were kids during the whole Cold War stuff. And and they talked about having plans like, you know, do we have a shelter to go to? And yeah, that yeah. was something in their life as children at the time 
that they and their families were thinking about. And now people are thinking, like, it's weird that people that are thinking about it again. And now sort of, kind of, maybe uh, happening again. I don't know. totally wild. Yeah. And it's like, I don't have a cellar. No. To keep my jams and my non-perishables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a garage. Yeah. It's got some bottled water in it and a couple uh, ready-to-eat meals. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so also on the podcast, uh, we're talking about long multiplication and how Jeremy did a really great parent hack with long multiplication. I had to quickly study it before I taught my daughter. Yes, it. which thank you, YouTube. It took for me five minutes. Yeah, I was like, oh, Jesus. Thank you, Internet, for not only the nuclear bomb simulators, but also for teaching us how to do long multiplication at the drop of a hat. Yeah, I thought it was kind of neat because, like, I mean, I could have just went to my daughter, like, hey, look at this. You know, she's like, how do I do long multiplication, Dad? And it's like, I was going to be like, just look it up on YouTube. But I was like, oh, I don't know either. Let's look it up on YouTube. <laughs> I'll do that. And then I was like, okay. It was funny. It comes back to you, though, like riding a bike. It was like once I started going over the process, I was like, oh, oh I remember right. all of this. Now. Yeah, that's exactly it. You just need a little little trigger, little reminders, and then you're there. But I've never done long multiplication in my life outside of school. I also realized that. Yeah, I, like, oh, I, I haven't either. This. Nope, I haven't either. Uh, and then on the podcast today, uh, we'll kick off the podcast with a call from Peak listener Jessica uh, talking to us. We were looking for the best nachos in Metro Vancouver this morning. Yeah, we do debate club every day at 630. Uh, for the rest of this week, your chance to win tickets to Alanis Morissette and Garbage if you have a take. Today's was the best nachos in Metro Vancouver, and Jessica called up and told us now. Call or text Harris and Jeremy, 604-280-1027. We just heard Metric doing a song called Stadium Love on 1027 The Peak. Harris and I were talking today for a debate club, uh, you know, best nachos in the city. Me and my wife made nachos for dinner. And we're like, oh, we want to go out and have someone do it properly for us. But where would we even go? There are a lot of options, but, you know, what are the best options? Uh, let's. We got Jessica here on the line. So this weekend I went to the Story Cafe in Richmond and they have a spin on nachos. So it's called pachachos and it was like chippers. So fresh made um, potato chips, but on a bed of chili and then all of your nacho toppings on top of it with this like uh, hot sauce cream sauce. Stop it. Oh my God. Yeah, it was really good and totally different. So now do you eat this with your hands or do you have (laughs) utensils or shovel? How do you do this? Well, you can actually eat it with your hands because you can pick up the chips and kind of dip it into the chili. Oh, okay. And then eat it that way. Right. Yeah, so it's yeah. Quite, the chips are, had a really good crisp to them, so they and, wouldn't fall apart. Do they make their own chips? Yeah, they're fresh made. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so great. And what kind of toppings? Uh, so they had, like, cheese and black olives, um, jalapeno, green onion, tomato. Yeah, and then the sauce and the chili. Okay. That sounds fantastic. Okay, and so what's yeah. the name of this place again? The Story Cafe. It's on uh, Sexsmith in Richmond. Fans joy, fire in the flood. You're listening to 1027 The Peak, the only show with Karis and Jeremy. Uh, Karis, yesterday my uh, daughter was working on uh, her homework, and she called out to me. And she was like, Dad, how do I do a long multiplication? And uh, I wanted to be like, I don't know. <laughs> but that's not what you said? 
No, I was like, ah, dang it, I'm the dad. I'm supposed to like help with the homework, right? Like, it, I was just gonna be like, I don't know what you're talking about, and just go on with my day, probably video games. But I was like, no, all right, I signed up to be a dad. I have to do this. So I said, oh, I, I'm just busy right now. Uh, I'll be there in one second. And what I did was I went on YouTube and I typed long multiplication. What is it? And uh, and I quickly learned. And you got the answer. I got the answer. Oh. And then I went back and I was like a wizard. I was like, give me your paper. Let's see this thing. It was a carry the one, put a zero there. We're going to move that number over there. We're going to add those together. 812. Easy. This is a... It's good. YouTube's great. A parent hack that <laughs> our parents did not have access oh, to. No. That's times, good for you, Jeremy. The amount of times my dad told me to go away. He's like, that's why you're in school. <laughs> or... Or said, I know how to do it, and then actually didn't know how to do it. Yes, and then you failed the test. Yes. So that felt pretty good. Normally, I'm used to my kids fact-checking me in real time on YouTube, but this time, I was able to turn the tables. All right. Good for you. <laughs> Speed is of the essence. Till Tuesday with Voices Carrie on 102.7 The Peak. Good morning. You're listening to The Early Show with Karis and Jeremy. Carrots and cherries. It's an absolutely beautiful day. Going to be a high of 10 and sunny, crisp, fresh, clear, and lovely. Although we do move back into the rain cycle starting tomorrow. Uh, Or rather, not tomorrow. Sorry, Friday. There's a uh, nuclear uh, holocaust uh, website simulator um, that was invented like years ago, like 10 years ago. Uh, but now it's being rediscovered because of what's going on in the world, and it's regularly crashing. You can plug in any city in the world and then select from a variety of nuclear bombs to see how much damage it would do to your town. That seems like not a fun thing to do. Uh, no, uh, and yet so many people are spending their free time doing it. The website is now regularly crashing. It's 10 years old, but it has now just been recently rediscovered. And so many people are curious about their nuclear demise, about nuclear demise uh, that they're going on the website. So I did yesterday. Naturally, of course. Uh, and I, I put in just kind of a reasonable sized nuclear bomb. Uh, What's a reasonable uh, size? What does that even mean? You know, I, t- I pick something in the middle, like not the old ones and not the super new ones. OK, do you also pick size? Is yeah, you like- kind of size megatons and all this. I don't know. I don't know. OK, so you pick age of the nuke. I and just kind of was like, yeah, you know- somewhere in the middle. Boom. I said, you know, Vancouver. Durham, and I was like, OK, Coquilla might be fine. OK, so you picked a middle of the road nuke. Nuke. And in this simulator. In the simulator, I, I dropped it on downtown Vancouver. And where where, where in downtown Vancouver? Like just like, right in the middle. Just, downtown. Okay, okay, just, just downtown. Right. Doesn't really yeah. matter. You you have a, a wide variety of where you drop it on how much damage you do. Um, and Coquillum's fine-ish. Really? Nowhere's fine. But I was like, okay. Yeah. We're not, we're not uh, vaporized. Okay. So you, you, you would then just be dealing with uh, the long-term horrible effects of yes, nuclear yes, detonation, yes. not the immediate annihilation. And because, you know, with what's going on in Ukraine and the world right now, this website is so popular, it can't keep up with demand. <sighs> like, that's where we're at right now in a world. It's like people don't have enough with the doom scrolling. They need to get right down in there I think knowledge and simulate is power. their own... Knowledge is power. Yeah, to a certain extent it is for sure. Less for you, because um, well, you live in Vancouver. But 
I'm Uncle Quillum. It's uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm gone. Like that's that's it for sure. The thing it also simulates, which is wild, is it shows you know based on how the wind is blowing, where the nuclear fallout, how far it will spread. Yep. And it's like past Kamloops. Whoa. Whoa. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zero. Thought there was more to that song. Just went like home. Like, oh, <laughs> ended. That's the end of the song. Good that's morning. A hard edit. You're listening to the early show with Karis and Jeremy on a beautiful Wednesday morning. It's eight twenty-four. There is a missing cat on Vancouver Island, just outside of Victoria, that was found five years later thanks to a microchip. I'm not sure how many pet owners put microchips into their animals, but apparently this cat, at some point, its owner put in a microchip. And so what happened was the cat was recently reported missing near the Royal Bay Bluff by a family. Uh, The pet was found by the public and then taken to a vet. And the vet found that the cat had a microchip. Now, the family that reported the cat missing didn't even know that the microchip was in there. So obviously they must have, you know, recently taken the pet in as taken the cat in as their own because there's like, oh, what, there's a microchip in there. We didn't put that in there. So then they find the information. Okay, what's on the microchip? Who put the microchip in the cat? Apparently the original owner who now lives in St. Catharines, Ontario and reported the same cat missing five years ago. Holy moly. So do you return the cat to this guy in Ontario or do you keep it the person who found it? Apparently, uh, according to Find Lost and Escaped Cats or Fleck based out of Victoria, apparently this cat is going to be returned to Ontario to be reunited with his original owner. Yeah, but maybe the cat doesn't want to be with the original owner. It's been five years. I'm sure the cat was like, no, I escaped. That's what I was thinking. What if, what if this isn't a case of like, oh man, I'm so glad to be back with you. First of all, maybe the cat doesn't want to go to Ontario. I mean, fair. You know, like, do you want to live in Victoria or St. Catharines, right? I mean, we don't, you know, ask the cat. We can't ask the cat. Did the cat escape from this you know maybe the cat didn't want to be with this original owner you know, maybe it was kind of a toxic relationship maybe the cat enjoyed sitting all over her papers and and the original owner was like i hate this about you cat and the cat was like well you know what maybe we're not meant to be together and the cat just left it's like when i meet a dog owner and they're like oh close the door the dog is gonna run away and i'm like well then that's not a beloved family member that is a <laughs> That is something you're keeping captive. If I open the door and your dog will just be like, I'm out at the first opportunity. Maybe this is maybe this is the sign of not a great relationship. Yeah, maybe. And then what about the family that found the cat and they've had it for all this time? That's exactly. So somewhere in those five years, this this other family adopted this cat as their own. And now they're they having like to say up. goodbye because, because the microchip says that the cat actually belongs to someone who lives in Ontario. Yeah, weird. You know, I don't believe the microchip. Let the cat be free. Just Karis, you were telling us a story about a, like a, a cat that was, I guess, missing for like five years. Yes, in Victoria, and it was discovered to have a microchip. It got it got lost again and taken to the vet. A microchip was found inside the cat that the current owners of the cat didn't even know about, and it traced the cat back to being reported missing five years earlier. 
uh, to a woman who now lives in Ontario. I had a very similar thing happen with a dog that we adopted, actually, um, many, many years ago. Um, We adopted him from a rescue organization. His paperwork said he had not yet been microchipped. So we took him to the vet for his first checkup and to get him microchipped because we've always done that with our pets. Right. And um, the vet implants a chip and then goes to scan him to make sure that it's in there and scans uh, like it, it comes up with a different number. So then we're like, oh, my God, what do you mean he's already microchipped? And I'm having this panic of imagining that there's some poor family somewhere that's been missing their dog and we need to get him home to where he's supposed to be. There's some poor little kid who just misses his puppy. And um, anyway, my vet uh, traced everything back, um, contacted the original owners who basically lied and went, no, it's not my dog. It was just in my backyard for a little bit. Despite the fact that all of your contact information is on a microchip in his back. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we got to keep them and both microchips, um, uh, then read our information, but I, I had this massive panic of, we've just got to get him back to his rightful owner. And then the rightful owner's like, oh no, no, we abandoned him. Yeah, basically. Like we know that he was picked up as a stray and he'd been just wandering through the fields, um, in Alberta for months, um, in the winter actually. So we know that he was a abandoned but um but, but still that he was a stray and he was chipped i was just like oh my god there's some poor little kid who just desperately misses his puppy and we need to get him home yeah i i would feel that way too well and i mean i guess it it worked out in the end that now you get to care for the dog man the dog that was clearly not wanted by the first owners uh does not need to go back there so that's good right oh exactly god. and my vet just abandon the animal. Like, just tell us you're giving up the animal then. But um, Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Just say, like, no, you know what? We're we're be- we're glad that you have him. You know, we, we don't need him. Whoa, what? That's wild. Yeah. But it was. It was like this terrifying moment. But yeah, he was with us for 12 years and and died happily of old age. But yeah. Aww. What was his name? His name was, well, we named him Riley. We called him Dude a lot because he kind of, he was just Dude. Yeah. Um, but apparently the previous owners called him Viper. Okay. okay. All right. Viper well, Riley Dude. Viper Riley Dude is a great name. Yeah. So, Chris, you were thinking you're a cat person, ultimately. Well, I don't know. I, I just, you know, I grew up with a pet cat. And originally, yeah. my brother and I were asking my parents for a dog. Right. I was about four and he was seven. And we were just like, please, go we have a dog? <laughs> And my parents thought about it and thought about it. And then they finally said, you know what? A dog is too much. We can't look after a dog. Um, But we can get a cat. And I loved her. Little Tippy. She lived for 14 years. Um, She died when I was 18 years old. And she was such a lovely pet and I think she really brought me into loving cats and I think initially I was so focused on getting a dog. I think if you're four that's reasonable. Um, But then I just I you know I fell in love with her and I really just love the way that cats are. I love their independence and I know sometimes they can be jerks but that's part of their magic I think (laughs) and um, yeah so I I, you know I, I don't know if I'd go as far as saying that you know I'm team cat because I, you know, I, I don't... I, You've never had a cat since. I've never had a cat since. Yes. I've never had a dog. Uh, I really... Tippy has been my only pet in my entire life. And, you know, she died when I was 18. So 
I can't really say. I mean, I love lots of animals. I sometimes fantasize about having a pig as a pet. Yeah, and chickens. Yes, chickens running around. I love that. Llama. Yes. The full-on farm. I literally, if I could have a full-on farm, I would, although I know that's an incredible amount of work, and I don't have time for that currently in my life, and I live in the city, so I can't anyway, but... Southlands. Right. <laughs> if only I could afford to live in Southlands. You need to win the Canucks 50-50 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five times over. Five times. Win the Canucks 50-50 <laughs> to buy somewhere in Southlands. Anyway, but I, I do really love cats because of her. Yeah, that's, I think, you know, if you have that first pet or that first, you know, whatever you're f- kind of exposed to. Yeah. Like you're going to, that'll be your, your animal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd like, man, if I was getting a pet for the family, I think I'd want a cat because of all the reasons you just stated. Yeah, I love their independence. I mean, you can actually go away. You don't have to walk a cat, number one. I the mean, cat walks themselves. They walk themselves. They feed themselves. You can put food out and you don't have to worry about the cat gorging themselves on all of their food. If you happen to put a whole day's worth of food in there, they'll come and eat what they need and they'll go away and they'll come back and then yeah. eat a little more when they're hungry. Like, they're, it's very reasonable. Very reasonable. Yes. I yeah. Like that. I yeah, my family's just bugging me for a dog. And I was like, I love dogs too. Oh, totally. Uh, I love dogs as well, but, but they are more work. All the reasons that you said. All they're the more work. work. Like, they just, really I are. I don't think I have that right now. Yeah. Don't have it in me. Uh, anyway, great call, though, that we had from, uh, that was just... It was Julia. Julia. On the island. Jesse, Julia. Julia from Nanaimo, right? Yes. There we yeah. go. Yeah, that was, a, anyway, she had a great story. Very similar, weirdly, to that cat story. Like, she had the dog version of it, which was kind of neat. Yeah. Although or, she ended up have getting to keep her dog, which is nice, as opposed to having to then relinquish it to the former owners oh, of yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I imagine so. if you had a cat <laughs> for five years. Yeah. And then you have to give up the cat. That would be yeah, terrible. That would be really hard. <laughs> weird. I would imagine if it was once again my cat that I'd not have for five years, I think I'd probably be like, this keep it. Yeah. You know so, what? It's I yours mean, now. Yeah. Like, especially if you were you looking after it. Yeah. Is a cat happy? Yeah. Still in Victoria. Exactly. It's like, don't ship it out to Ontario. That's, but, no. you know, who knows? The connection the pers- people have to their pets. Who knows? I can also understand that. Exactly. As well. it's like, no, for five years, I've yearned. <laughs> I've yearned for this pet. Fair enough, right? Fair enough. I could understand that sort of connection. Uh, all right. I guess that'll do it for the podcast today. Uh, some great takes that we had on, on the show. We talked about a nuclear holocaust. Would you want to know? We talked about a pets, a cat or a dog person. And if you were separated from your pet for five years, let's say you're an adult, you don't have kids. Like if they got, it's not my, my kid's pet, for example. Yeah, just you as an adult. As an adult. Pet. And another family has discovered who you thought was a long lost pet. And that family has raised your animal well. Would you still want it back? That would be weird. That That'd would be, be weird. weird. But if you got a take on that, I'd be interested to hear it. Yep. Uh, so you can always get us on Twitter. It's at Karis Hogg, C-H-A-R-I-S-H-O-G-G. Man, your phone's going to want to autocorrect Karis, so keep your eye on that. <laughs> and I'm um, Jeremy underscore Baker, and we work for a radio station called The Peak in Vancouver, British Club, Canada. And you can find uh, The Peak on Twitter at The Peak, like a mountaintop. Bye. See ya. Nothing can kill the grimace. All right, we're done here.